Welcome to Sullivan's Pro Football Kickoff. It's about the Bills and the beer. Now, here's your host, John Murphy. Hi there, we're back and welcome to the podcast, Sullivan's Pro Football Kickoff. I'm John Murphy, the radio play-by-play voice of the Buffalo Bills. On our podcast, we focused on the Bills, the 10 and 3 Bills, and we talk about the beer. Our sponsor, Sullivan's Brewery in Kilkenny, Ireland. We invite you to try it. Raise a glass of Sullivan's Maltings Irish Red Ale, Sullivan's Irish Gold Ale, Sullivan's Black Marble Stout. As we say on the Bills radio broadcast to kick off every game, raise a glass, raise a pint of Sullivan's. It's available all over Bills country in bars and stores available all over the place. And certainly it's worth raising a glass to the Buffalo Bills, isn't it? When they kick off each week, the Bills are good, really good. You know, I have friends around the country and they've been exposed to the Bills the last couple of weeks with a Monday night game on ESPN and a Sunday night game on NBC. And I've been asked several times, hey, are the Bills for real? Well, I can say with certainty, they're real and they're spectacular. Going to talk about how real they are in a couple of minutes. A great discussion coming up with Tyler Dunn. Now, he covered the Bills for the Buffalo News. He covered the Packers for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. He covered the NFL in general for Bleacher Report. Now he's made his name uh, on his own, and he does it in-depth with long feature stories on NFL personalities. On his own, he's just launched a new business venture, Going Long with Tyler Dunn, a website, a podcast, and a service that provides great work right to your email for a subscription fee. We'll talk about how to access that with Tyler Dunn coming up in a moment. We'll talk about what constitutes good, substantial reporting in the NFL these days. Tyler Dunn thinks the Bills are for real. So do I. Their win over the Steelers last Sunday only reinforces how good they are, how competitive they are. I said it last week, and I'll say it even louder now. The Bills are playing as well as anyone in the NFL. Anyone. The Chiefs, the Packers, the Saints, certainly the Steelers. They just beat them. I don't know if the Bills are the best team in the NFL, but they're playing as well as anyone. And with just three weeks left in the regular season, they are a legitimate contender for the Super Bowl. They really are. Don't shy away from it, Bills fans. Don't be afraid. They're good. They can beat anyone. Josh Allen is playing at an MVP level. We'll talk about that more with Tyler Dunn, but his game against Pittsburgh was another step forward. He was a spectacular passer on Monday night against the Niners. Not so much against the Steelers. He was off just a bit, especially in the first half, but Instead of reverting to the old Josh Allen, his old habits, pulling it in, tucking the ball, and running recklessly, forcing passes into coverage, making suspect decisions, that's what he would have done last year, the year before, certainly. Instead of that, he worked through it last Sunday night. He came out firing in the second half with 11 consecutive completions. Nothing fancy, nothing spectacular, mostly short to intermediate throws, but that got the job done. He has taken yet another step in his development as an NFL quarterback, and an important one. He thinks through the game. It's essential. His upward trend as far as improvement continues. It's very impressive, and it's fun to wonder how much better he might get. What's his ceiling? He's not there yet, but he does get better. Josh is surrounded by a lot of talent on the Buffalo offense. Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, John Brown may be back soon. One key player on the Buffalo offense is very talented and is an important contributor. Offensive lineman John Feliciano. He missed the preseason. He missed the first seven games with an injury. He's been back six games, and the Bills have won five of them. Feliciano is talented. He's very tough. He's a great teammate, and maybe the most important thing he's been since his return, he is versatile. Feliciano had played left guard, right guard, and center 
in the last six games. He has seamlessly shifted over to play center when Mitch Morris was hurt. He did it Sunday night against the Steelers. And the Bills don't miss a beat. Feliciano's in a contract year. He'll need to be paid after the season. So will right tackle Darrell Williams, who's had a great year for the Bills, highlighted by his performance blocking Steelers defensive end T.J. Watt on Sunday night. Both those guys, though, are important parts of Buffalo's offensive success this year. That success should continue through the final three games of the regular season. Winnable games against the Broncos, the Patriots, and the Dolphins. A playoff spot and the first division title in 25 years now easily within reach of the 2020 Bills, and then a chance at a long run through January in the postseason. The Bills and the beer. We'll talk about both. Jason Murphy of Buffalo Wild Wings joins us later in the podcast, but up first, Tyler Dunn of Going Long with Tyler Dunn. Our guest this week, I've known for a while, he covered the Buffalo Bills for the Buffalo News. Before that, covered the, covered the Green Bay Packers for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Now he has launched a, a, his own uh, website, the Go Long website, and a podcast, Go Long Podcast. He is a Western New York native. Happy to have Tyler Dunn on with us. Tyler, thanks for doing this. Really appreciate it. Oh, pleasure to be here, Murph. It's been uh, too long. Great to catch up. Yeah, it's, unfortunately, it's been too long for everybody to see anybody so far this, this year. <laughs> I know it. Hey, um, first of all, tell me about the website, Go Long website. What's the what's the concept? And we're going to get into it deeper, but just give me a general overview of what the website's all about. No doubt, Murph. I mean, I just thought it was a great opportunity to to, to go for it. And, you know, entrepreneurially, just kind of bet on yourself. Um, growing up, seeing my dad run his own business, my sister has her own gym. I think that, you know, that that's always kind of been a part of me. And I just have never really been able to take that plunge in, in sports media, you know, the nature of the, the industry, you know, it's, it's not ultra entrepreneurial, but just being at a point in my career, kind of looking around at where everything is, a lot of businesses going under, a lot of businesses kind of changing their vision on the dime. It's like, you know what? You know, I've, I've got a baby, I've got a wife, I've got a family to support. I, I'd rather just kind of bet on myself. You know, to me, a lot of folks have asked, like, how, you know, why are you taking this risk? You know, and they term it as a risk. I don't really see it as a risk when, you know, you kind of see where sports media is in general. And it's like when you're able to do the job the way you believe it should be done, cover pro football the way you believe it should be covered, um, I'm really confident this will work. And, you know, it's that email newsletter format. So I write stories, um, profiles, the inner workings of team, Q&As. You mentioned the podcast and everything just goes directly to your inbox. And I, I really like that format. I think people live in their emails. So rather than create an app, I mean, there is a website. I mean, you can go to the website, golongtd.com. But every, everything goes right to your email. So I, I think that in a lot of ways is the future of journalism too. And it is a, a subscriber-based uh, content right. forum, right? Talk about that. How much? It, how much does it cost? Right, it's uh, seven dollars a month. You know, cu- couple cu- cups of coffee a month, right? And uh, <laughs> seventy a year. Um, I've opened a lot of stories up early on for free because I want people to get a sense for what I'm going to do at Go Long. And starting next week, Christmas week, you know, if you want to get a, a gift for a friend, a family member, we're, we're going subscription next week. So, you know, here and there, there'll be an open story, but I think that that model um, has a really good shot at working in media. You're not, you know, you're not relying on advertisers, right? You're not relying on corporate overlords. You're not relying on some other uh, money feeding system, some other entity to fuel what you do. And that, cause that can be volatile for a lot of print media. Um, this isn't volatile. You know, people want to read it. 
they can support it. If they don't, they don't have to. And I, that simplicity I, was pretty appealing to me. The concept of providing free content for a month or two, it works. I'm a subscriber. I just signed up the other day, but that's how much <laughs> I appreciated the free content I was seeing there, Tyler. Oh, well, thanks. I, I appreciate it. You know, it's, I, that's the goal. You know, you, know, you, you kind of give folks an idea of what to expect, what kind of stories you can expect, and that's going to be the rhythm. I really want to pump out, you know, four or five pieces a week um, especially through the rest of the season and into the off season, because I feel like that's what this game, you know, really demands. And, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but you know, the way it's covered by a lot of people today, a lot of tweets and gifs and BS and bite sized stuff, you know, the yeah. fast food. Um, I, I think there are people who do want to know the how and the why and read a three, 4,000 word story, you know, that kind of just explains what you're seeing on a Sunday explains how a guy is ticked, um, humanize the game. I mean, that's always been my goal on the, on the beat in Green Bay and in Buffalo and at Bleach Report, um, that that is kind of getting lost in 2020. We've got so many options, right? I mean, you can read and you can listen to, to, to so many different people. And the game is covered like never before, but there isn't really a lot of places to go to to just read a story, you know, drink a cup of coffee, sit down for a half hour and, and learn something. Tell me who the target audience is, Tyler. And we are going to get into the football and the bills in particular, but who's the target audience? Who wants that kind of content, do you think? I think people who, who just are curious, people who want to learn. And, and I think humans are innately curious. Like, you want to know the why behind something. You want to know what led to Josh Allen in Buffalo. You know, what, what, what dominoes kind of fell to, to what we see today with that quarterback. You want to know – why did Green Bay draft a quarterback when they have Aaron Rodgers? Um, that was another big story we did. They're kind of building two teams within one. I think you want to know, like, what happened with Stephon Diggs in Minnesota? He's blowing up with the Bills. What the heck happened with Mike Zimmer in Minnesota? What's going on with Zimmer's Vikings? Uh, that was another. So I think that – It's not an age thing. Play. It's not an old, an old guy thing. We're looking for that content, you think? I, think, I guess I'm I think being everybody. defensive. I sound defensive when I say that. <laughs> I think everybody wants to learn, right? Like, every, everybody kind of wants to and, – and, you know, I guess the feedback I get, it's all ages. Um, it's not like just, you know, 65, 70-year-olds that uh, are still subscribing to a newspaper. I, I think that if, if, if something's good, it can make you just want to stop what you're doing and read. And, and more than, you know, we were talking about the, the price points and stuff, more than, than – uh, financially and more than time or uh, more than what it costs. I think what's more valuable is just time, right? Like we're, we're all so busy. We're all doing a million things all the time. Like you've got to somehow create a habit. It was like, okay, you know, go along. It's putting out a feature on, on Wednesday, on Thursday, Q and a on Thursday. I, I need to make time to read that. Like my time is valuable. So I think that's what I'm kind of valuing more, more than anything dollars. One more question about go along before we get to today's NFL and what's going on in the league this week. Um, you have a kind of a schedule of what you're going to produce on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday. Can you walk us through that, Tyler? Definitely. I think, um, you know, if you're going to start on, on Monday, right out of the games on Thursday, I, I kind of want to definitely have some type of analysis, some type of opinion that is reporting based. So we're calling that the thread with a topper and ripping around the league, just hitting on different things you might have missed on Sunday. Wednesday is going to be a player profile day. I'm actually working on one right now on uh, Jonathan Abram for, for the Raiders. He's, he's a wild yeah. personality. I yeah. uh, spent a lot of time speaking with him recently. He's, he's getting flagged and fined almost weekly. He ain't going to change. Right. Um, and then Thursday will be kind of a throwback Thursday, a Q&A with a former player. As you know, Murph, I mean, they've got stories for days, 
just give them that room, give them that space to get into those stories. We did one with Bruce Smith recently. He was awesome. Um, Friday is going to be that signature piece of content that we hope everybody kind of makes appointment reading. Um, it could be a profile uh, more often than not. I think it will be uh, the inner workings of a team, something a little deeper, something a little longer Saturday, we wrap everything up. And then along the way, we're, we're doing a podcast once a week that will become twice a week. Uh, Jim Monas, somebody that a lot of people in Western New York are, are pretty familiar with, uh, Doug Whaley's right-hand man there for a good five years. And, and sure. he's been awesome. That, that will be on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. I'm sure people will listen to it more uh, that route. All right. We're going to get back to go along in a minute and let people know where they can access this great content. But uh, the Monday thread this week got my attention because it started with Josh Allen and the Bills and their impressive win over the Steelers. I I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm different because I do focus on the Bills, but from a national sense, uh, did you get the, the feeling that the Bills needed to establish themselves with the win over the Steelers to be considered true contenders? What do you think? I think so. I mean, that was about as big of a statement as we've seen from Josh Allen in his whole career, really. I mean, you, you've you watched every snap of this this guy practice game, everything. So I'm sure you, you, you had a good sense that this guy had arrived a while ago. But yeah. I, I think that against this defense that was doing so many different things, Man, zone, blitzing, dropping. I know they're banged up. You know, they're, they're down at linebacker. And maybe Vince Williams changes things a little bit. But you know, Vince Williams isn't necessarily covering Stephon Diggs in coverage. You know, mm-hmm. they, that, I mean, he, he answered the bell. I mean, it was a bad first half. And however you want to draw it up, I mean, he just wasn't himself. You know, he had the, he had the fumble that wasn't called a fumble. He had the interception that was batted out of his hand. It was It was ugly. And I just felt like, you know, the Josh Allen of old, that's where you kind of saw those mistakes add up. You know, you think of that Houston playoff game. You know, these mistakes, one would kind of lead to another, and all of a sudden he's doing these crazy things like pitching it downfield and chucking it up to a fullback. He, he didn't. He, he, he was calm. Like, they sent the house. I mean, you could see what, what uh, Keith Butler was thinking as defensive coordinator, right? Like, oh, man, we got Josh Allen on the ropes. Second yeah. half, we're sending the house. We're going to really get this guy panicking. They sent the house. He stood down the blitz. He found Stephon Diggs. He, he, he was able to do the kind of things that Kurt Warner talked about in our story. And um, he was pretty critical. I was surprised what Kurt Warner said then. Like, look, he needs to mentally process. He's not there yet. He's got all these physical attributes, but can he think the game? Can he process the game? That second half was processing and then some, I thought. So um, is it, you know, I, I, Patrick Mahomes is the bar in the AFC. I get it. But the Steelers – that's a, that's a, that's a one loss team. That's a really talented team. And, and he had every answer. I thought, I think you're nailing it there, Tyler, especially uh, the win over the Steelers. It's a counterpoint to the win over the Niners. As far as Josh is concerned against the Niners, what six days before Josh was throwing it in a spectacular way. I mean, his passes were right on target from start to finish almost against the Steelers. As you point out, not the case. He had to think through that game. He had to think about how I'm going to win this game. And that's a step forward. I think for a young quarterback. Great point, Murph. I mean, we get caught up in the highlights of Josh Allen, you know, and because they're must see. I mean, that he's catching passes, he's stiff arming guys, he's got the strongest arm in the NFL. I mean, it, it's all fun to see, but like, I, I love how Warner put it. He said, Look, like Tom Brady wins all these playoff games because he just makes the right throw again and again and again. He doesn't have this one throw that just makes you lose your mind, but. It's, it's the right throw on third and five. It's the right throw in, in a key moment in the fourth quarter. And, and Josh Allen had those throws. I mean, I mean, you're calling the game. 
it's just like, I thought that play, you know, to gosh, was it Isaiah McKenzie? So he, you know, two plays earlier, he misses a bomb that would have just effectively ended the game. It's a little overthrown. No problem. Two plays later, kind of steps up right in the pocket. Cam Hayward, who, who forced that interception earlier in the game, doesn't really flinch, finds Isaiah McKenzie. Late in the game, he's got to ice it. They blitz Mike Hilton off the edge. He's right in his face. He doesn't panic. He doesn't freak out. He doesn't try to scramble. He just dumps it off to Dawson Knox because he knows that's, you know, where the, the vacated spot on the field is. So, you know, those plays you're not going to see on ESPN, but those plays give you hope that the Bills can win a Super Bowl, I think. One more thing I want to ask you about uh, Josh Allen Tyler, and that's a, a quote that you attribute to Tyler's college coach at, at uh, or Josh's college coach at Wyoming, Craig Bowl, and it really resonated with me. You said it's not even a quote, but you said uh, Craig Bowl said Allen was constantly improving in college, and I think now into his what third year in the NFL, you can say that about his NFL career. He gets better, not just year to year, almost week to week. I think he does. He does, and. You know, back to kind of just how we consume sports media today. Everything's in the now, right? We have to draw conclusions right this second. Yeah. And, and everybody did that with Josh Allen very early on. I mean, he was mocked like regularly, you know, every practice, every training camp practice, it seemed like a throw would just make its way onto Twitter. And, you know, this guy's never going to make it. Look, this is ridiculous. Well, guys can get better. You can improve. And he did that at Wyoming. I mean, Craig Bowles, the first to say, look, he was at a quote unquote elementary level. When, I, when he was first there, I mean, he was, he was missing guys. Like, he was raw. He was greener than green, but he got better. He, he saw this acceleration at Wyoming. He gets to the NFL, and he just keeps improving. I mean, it just it sounds simple, but, like, you're not a finished product day one. I mean, you, you can get better, and he's been the epitome of that. So they're in a great spot. What's the ceiling for Josh? I, I think that this Pittsburgh game – tells you that the ceiling's pretty high. I think, you know, we always look at ceiling through the, the lens of physical ability. Like, can he run a 4-2 like Lamar Jackson? Can he throw it through a brick wall like Josh Allen? But like, like Warner said, I mean, ceiling can be mental. Like, can you challenge yourself mentally to see what the defense is doing, how they're doing it, how they're rotating pre-snap, where your players are going to be, where your receivers are going to be. And he's doing that. And, you know, we're talking about Josh Allen here so much, but – Man, Brian Dayball, God, I, I, he's going to be at, at the top of head coaching list. If I'm Terry Pagula, man, I'm thinking about giving that guy a big, big raise right now to stay as my offensive coordinator some way, somehow, because he has gotten the absolute best out of Josh Taylor. I mean, you're watching these games where when's the last time they drew up a play that you just said, like, that, that was the wrong play to call there. They call, like, It's just the perfect call at the perfect moment every week, and they're executing. Yeah, the execution is key. One more question about the Bills before we move on to other things, Tyler. Um, they are about to clinch a playoff spot. They didn't, uh, based on Monday night yet, but they will. Probably going to win the division title. Uh, and getting ready for the playoffs, what weaknesses do you think might haunt them when they get into serious playoff competition? What What's going to hold them back? Do you think? I think he's – I mean, there's still a little worry that, you know, you saw the first half out of, out of Josh Allen and it wasn't pretty. Like, you don't – in a playoff game – could that resurface? I think there's a little, a little fear there because that, that gunslinger Wild West yeah. mentality, it, it's in there somewhere still. But, you know, just last night watching the Browns-Ravens and, you know, they're just – both teams are just bludgeoning each other on the ground. I, I would worry a little bit about the run defense. You know, I think you don't necessarily need a great run defense to, to win a Super Bowl in today's NFL. Like, if you can 
force turnovers, if you can defend a team's, you know, prolific offense. I mean, look at how often Stefan Diggs gets open week after week after week. Like if you have a corner that can take that player away, I think that's more important, but the run defense, I think gives you a little concern because, you know, it's not as bad as it was earlier in the year, but if God, if a team like the Ravens with all their complex schemes up front get, gets rolling downhill and they start dictating the tempo of a game and they're controlling the clock and they're keeping Josh Allen off the field. I mean, that, that would give me a little concern. Yeah. With Tyler Dunn from go along with Tyler Dunn, the website, is it a website? I don't even know if it is. It is. Yes. Go along TD.com. But once you sign up, it all goes to your email as well. So we got to both angles there. Hey, um, so the AFC, uh, the field of contenders, everybody, you can talk forever about Kansas city, but you point out in, in a recent post that, uh, the Indianapolis Colts of all teams, you consider them to be legitimate contenders, huh? Man, because they're they've got a a defense that can hang, I think, with with the Josh Allen's, with the with the Patrick Mahomes's, with with those elite quarterbacks. They can at least not just get run out of the building, right? I mean, they've they've loaded that defense up. I thought DeForest Buckner, that trade, you know, it was widely criticized at the time to give up draft capital, but he he's as good of a D tackle as you'll find. You know, when he was hurt against the Titans. It was like a totally different defense. Derrick Henry just ran over him. He's back, and they're back to being how they were defensively. Offensively, Jonathan Taylor has been rolling. I mean, right when we all think he's in the doghouse, he's going for 100-plus total yards a game. He looks like that dominant force we saw at Wisconsin. And once they get him going, Phillip Rivers, even at 39, he's dangerous. I mean, he, he can still make all the throws. He, he's been in those crucial moments. Nothing's going to really phase him. Um, yeah, I think that this team is just constructed really, really well. And, and I, I didn't like the Rivers move myself. I thought this, this guy was old. He turned the ball over a ton with the Chargers last year. But when, when he gets a running game, when he has a good defense, um, he, he's still accurate as hell. I, I think the Colts were kind of sleeping on him because they're just not as exciting to watch as some of these other teams. But the, they, there aren't many holes on that roster. Chris Ballard's just done a, a phenomenal job with that team. In the NFC, Tyler, um, here's another quarterback people don't think of or talk about too much. Uh, maybe it's because he's been around so long. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, the year old haunt up there in the uh, Milwaukee Green <laughs> Bay area. How good are the Packers? They're good enough to win the NFC, right? For sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, and if they get home field advantage, which, you know, now they're kind of in, in control of that. They, if they went out, um, I, I know there's no fans, you know, there, there aren't going to be fans in the stands and you don't have that element. I mean, COVID's really bad in Green Bay. They're not going to be, you know, welcoming anybody anytime soon, I would think. It is a different cold, Murph. I'm telling you, I mean, we're both Buffalo guys. We get, we get the snowstorms here, but it is a bitter, windy, miserable, get me the hell out of here cold in Wisconsin. I mean, I can remember times where it was like, you know, 35 below. The day after their playoff game against the 49ers, me and my buddy, we went to a bar to watch uh, the championship, uh, Jameis Winston, Florida State. And, like, there's nobody out downtown. Like, it was a, it was a ghost town. We're, like, we're watching the first half, and we're, like, what are we even doing outside of our homes? Went out, started our cars for, like, 30 minutes just to warm it up to get to a place where we could drive and get it going. <laughs> I think it was 35 below, no wind chill. I don't know how they would have played a football game if that game was the next day. Um, you get a team in that environment, and the, you're the Packers, and you're used to that. It's absolutely advantage, especially Drew. Do you think Drew Brees and his cracked ribs want to, you know, go go and go into Lambo when it's no. negative, whatever? I, I don't think so. No, I think you're right. Hey Tyler, there's a piece you wrote um, 
for Bleacher Report this past spring with Sammy Watkins, which got a lot of attention in Buffalo, um, mostly because it would, uh, nobody really dove into Sammy Watkins' psyche during his couple of years here in Buffalo. He's an interesting guy. I don't know. I think I feel this way too, but I think most Bills fans feel like he didn't tap into his potential for whatever reason while he was here in Buffalo. What did you make of Sammy and, and maybe his his – I don't know if it was a slow start, maybe the wasted start to his career here with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, you know, and I, w- I was around for his second year, and I never even knew it at the time either, but he was pretty open on it. I and mean, he was dealing with a lot off the field with his brother basically getting whisked away out of Buffalo. He's living in Buffalo with him, gets taken back uh, by the feds to, to Florida. He's part of this big RICO investigation. And where Sammy Watkins comes from, I know a lot of players come from very rough upbringings. It's, it's different. I mean, as he said, like all of his friends and, and relatives were involved in this case that could literally lock him away for most of their lives. So it's different there. I think the stress of that was difficult. The stress of the injuries was difficult. Um, he's looking at all these other receivers in his draft blowing up. You know, that was the year Odell Beckham made that catch. And I, it, it sent him into a pretty bad place. I mean, he was drinking a lot. He was partying a lot. He, he, he wasn't getting much sleep. He's showing up at practice just – and his body broke down. I mean, he, he said it was self-inflicted, a lot of those injuries, because he wasn't taking care of his body. And he just got to this dark place. And what got him out of that dark place was, was researching all this stuff, falling down YouTube rabbit holes, reading about different religions, learning about different dimensions and etheric bodies and astral realms and energies that are all amongst us and come into us if they're good or bad. And we got to recognize what's what. And um I'll say this. I know a lot of people read our story and thought, oh, this guy's nuts. You know, somebody get him help. He is in a fantastic place mentally. Like, he, he really is. Like, I, I don't think he's ever been this much at peace. And he'll make you believe. I mean, I, the, the, the whole concept of energy is kind of being in our world and coming in and out of us. It, he can make you believe and, and make you think about your own life in a way you haven't before. So I still, you know, check in with him here and there. He, he's doing great out there. You know, he's not necessarily a number one receiver on that offense, but uh, I think that Sammy, you know, through it all, got to the other side in his personal life and is doing really well. You know, um, that piece got me thinking about a, a, a conviction I've held for a long time. It's one thing to draft well. The current Bills regime certainly drafts well, but maybe the underrated part of it is developing the players that you draft. I think this regime at Buffalo does develop players. We've talked about Josh Allen getting better. There are other examples of players who – uh, because the team invested a draft pick in them, then they, and it's not just the Bills that do it, the good teams do it, they invest time and effort into developing them and, and coaching them through life's difficult spots. I think that's, that was kind of brought home to me in your piece on, on Sammy Watkins. The good teams do that, don't they? Yeah, because I, I don't know if a lot of players or coaches even had a clue that, that Sammy Watkins was hurting like, like he was, you know, per, in his personal life. You know, there, it sure doesn't seem like it. You know, he, and it, a lot of it was on Sammy. He said that, he closed himself off to a lot of teammates. He wouldn't open up about this stuff to anybody then. He was close with um, Desmond Lewis, remember, in seventh-round receiver. Yep, yep. They were tight. And then I think he got cut, and I think that, that really hurt Sammy. You know, seeing one of his friends let go, um, he, didn't, he didn't really have a ton of guys he was tight with. So, yeah, he, he was closed off. But it does take that development. Uh, and, and give this Bills coaching staff credit because they've revamped their coaching staff, right? That The first one – wasn't all that great on the offensive side of the ball. So I think the fact that they, that second year getting a lot of different faces in there, that, yep. that development um, is huge. 
Tyler Dunn, go along with Tyler Dunn is the name of his, uh, his content. And I love the mission statement, uh, Tyler. You said we're, we're here to provide premium football journalism worth your time. But I thought the concept was we're so busy, nobody has time anymore. And that's why that you know that's why there's so many short firm issues like like Twitter that dominate seem to dominate the football reporting these days. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's sad, it's unfortunate, and and that's kind of where most of sports media is going is, is the bite sized delivery of America's most popular sport you know, yeah. information. I I think though that there there is a niche there of people who are curious, who want to learn, who want to read a story. Who do just want to, you know, hit pause on life and 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 take take twenty minutes, take twenty five minutes to, to learn something they didn't know before. So uh, that that's absolutely the mission, and I, I I'm unbelievably blown away by the reception so far. People have been awesome, and I think we've got a lot of great stuff in store for for them to enjoy. I hope you're right about that. And by the way, not just about football information, politics, everything. People need to, I think, take a breath, take some time, and think a little bit about what they're reading. No. Totally. I mean, Substack's um, uh, montage or montage, <laughs> credo, whatever you want to call it, their mantra is uh, helping people take their brains back. You know, I, I think that's important that in 2020, where we're, we're so manipulated by social media companies, I mean, that documentary on Netflix, uh, The Social Dilemma, holy cow, that will scare the heck out of you. Yeah. And just what, what they kind of know about us, and we have no clue and what they're putting in front of our faces, and we have no clue. It's it's scary. I mean, there's that aspect of it. And there's the other aspect. It's, it's just easy to scroll through Twitter and, you know, get an update here, get an update there. Um, I love that idea of letting people just take their brains back. You know what? Subscribe to something, get that newsletter, learn something you didn't learn before, develop that community with your readers. That That's huge. I mean, I, I kind of miss that too, that that sense of community that these, these are people who trust you that want to interact with you. I want to hear from them. If there's a story, this is, if they've got a burning question about something in this game, please let me know. Um, because I, I think that kind of gets lost, you know, as, as close as we think we are with social media, right. We're not really that close. We're, we're, I feel like we're still more distant than we've ever been. Um, so maybe this can help kind of, you know, get those bonds formed again. Tyler, go along uh, with Tyler Dunn. Uh, how can people access this, both the website, the uh, uh, the, the podcast, and, and to get the, to subscribe? What, what do you suggest people do? Definitely. Yep. You can just go right on to uh, golongtd.com and uh, plug your email in. You can sign up for the free emails. You can subscribe at seven a month, 70 a year. And um, like I said, you know, we'll be subscription fully soon, but there'll be an article here and there to kind of let folks know what to expect if they do sign up. And once you put your email in, everything goes right to your inbox all the time. Podcasts, go long podcasts with uh, myself and Jim Monas, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Right now we're at once a week, but once we kind of get things rolling, we want to do it twice a week for sure. He's got stories for days. Yeah. You know, I don't know if it's uh appropriate uh, podcast etiquette to promote somebody else's podcast on your own <laughs> podcast. But I got to tell you, I'd listen to your podcast with Monas and Doug Whaley and their stories about uh, the, the drafting, uh, you know, uh, back in, what was it? 2017, the 2017 right. draft when they passed up on Patrick Mahomes. That was incredible stories they had. They did, you know, they're, they're just unbelievably honest. I know. I, I think, what was impressive to me anyways, just kind of moderating and, you know, teeing them up. They, they don't really have sour grapes. I mean, they, they don't look back with, with vengeance. They don't look back with any 
animosity at all, even though they, they were let go after that draft. They just, sure. they just think that the fans kind of deserve an explanation, you know, their explanation of you know, not only what went down in that draft where they were pretty close to landing Patrick Mahomes, but even before that on you know, how it got to that point, it's, I want that to really be a theme of not only our podcast, but ho- hopefully all of go along where we're just going to tell you a story you haven't heard before provide an explanation, you know, a peek behind the curtain on, on what goes down in this league. It was great listening to it. Tyler, thanks for this. Uh, thank you, Murph. Great to see you. You're listening to Sullivan's Pro Football Kickoff with John Murphy. On the line with us from uh, Colorado, from the Denver area, the lead beverage buyer, the beverage innovation manager at Buffalo Wild Wings. Happy to have Jason Murphy with us. No relation, Jason. Let's get that out of the way first, right? Yep. We're not cousins. We're not distant cousins. <laughs> and let's but get you, this but out. you got a great name. I, I love <laughs> the last name. That's true. Let's yeah. get this out of the way, too. You are a Denver Broncos fan. Is the Bills get ready to play the Broncos Sunday or not? What do you think? Born and raised in Denver. Yeah, I, I, bleed, I bleed orange and blue, but uh, th- this week may be a struggle, that's for sure. It could be a struggle. Well, we're talking to you, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, which uh, is, it kind of brands itself as, uh, as the greatest sports bar and the number one sports bar in America. So that makes sense, right? Tell me about the, the concept of Buffalo Wild Wings, if you would. Yeah, great American sports bar uh, was born by uh, a couple of guys in Ohio who uh, were, were used to eating chicken wings and, and didn't, couldn't find a, a chicken wing joint that they liked. Um, and so they, they started their own uh, in Ohio and, you know, it's grown from there. We're, we're now the largest sports bar in the country. We op- operate in all 50 states, uh, over 1,200 locations, uh, and uh, we pour more draft beer uh, than any other uh, company in the country. So well, that, that's uh, important. And that gets right to your job. I think it's almost a responsibility. If you're going to pour that much draft beer, you better pour the right stuff and have people to know how to pour it the right way. Huh? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. How, so, do, you, how do you monitor that? Uh, it's a, a lot, well, a lot of sampling. Uh, we, we can start <laughs> there. Yeah. We, we, we definitely try a lot of beer, uh, but really it's uh, you know, it's, it's monitoring our sales trends, keeping uh, track of the industry trends, uh, and uh, making sure that we build a, a really good lineup for our guests. What, uh, let me ask you about your career path. How did you wind up at Buffalo Wild Wings and work up to your current role with, with uh, that company? Yeah, it, it's really interesting. I never thought I was going to be in the beer business per se, but you know, if you look back, I, I've been in the beer business my entire life. Uh, like I said, I'm a Colorado native. Uh, my dad worked at uh, Coors Brewing in Golden. He started when he was 18. He retired when he was 58. So he did 40 years at Coors, uh, his, his entire professional career. So I literally grew up going in, in a brewery. Uh, so I would visit my dad in a brewery, you know, from, you know, the as long as I can remember from the time I was born. Um, you know, I spent, uh, during college, I spent uh, seven, eight years bartending at uh, a couple different microbreweries. So I was in a brewery bartending. And then uh, I ended up uh, working for a company, uh, Craftworks Restaurants and Breweries, uh, straight out of college. Uh, worked on uh, the old Chicago brand for uh, Craftworks uh, and uh, ended up having kind of a passion for the bar business. Uh, was pretty good at the stuff that I did there. Um, and then I had an opportunity present itself with Buffalo Wild Wings and, you know, who's going to turn down a, 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 the position to uh, run the largest beer program in the country. So I've been doing this for uh, about three and a half years now. Um, but uh, yeah, it, 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 I never re- and thought that I was actually going to be in the, in the beer industry, but the beer industry just kind of found me and I, I really enjoy it. And uh, it, it's something that I've, I've looked to make a career out of. 
Jason, uh, I, I'm told that you are a certified Cicerone, right? Is that true? Yes. Yeah. We, we've talked about Cicerones on this uh, podcast before. Jason, tell me how, uh, as a certified Cicerone, how that impacts the decisions you make and, and the the calls that you make as the as the beer manager, the beverage uh, buyer for Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah, so the, the nice thing about the Cicerone program is, is it's really kind of a 360 approach to beer. So um, in addition to, you know, learning more about beer styles, beer history, and then being able to accurately describe uh, flavors and aromas and, and the liquid that's in your glass. Um, it, it also helps you form a better understanding of the brewing process, uh, of draft systems, which is uh, you know, very important for Buffalo Wild Wings. So um, it, having that Cicerone background really helps me have conversations with potential supplier partners when we're considering uh, products to put on draft. So uh, not, not only do I feel like, um, you know, I can accurately uh, and, and professionally taste their product and kind of evaluate products that we want to have on draft in a Buffalo Wild Wings, but um, I, I feel like I can help our sports bars out uh, a lot better when they're having draft system issues, when they're having, you know, an, an issue with, you know, maybe a line is foaming, a beer line is foaming, or they're not able to get a product to pour correctly. Um, literally just came out of a, a phone call uh, talking about, uh, proper glassware and, and beer presentation because we want to make sure that every beer that we deliver to our guest uh, is of the utmost quality. Um, so uh, make sure that the presentation that our guest is getting is delivering the best aroma and flavor to them through their glassware. So uh, yeah, the, the Cicerone program really does help you build kind of a, a well-rounded, good base of knowledge um, that you need to be kind of a beer professional in this, this industry. So I, I'm level two right now, uh, studying for level three. I don't know if I'll ever get to level four. I think there's only uh, 13, 14, 15 of them in the world. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, level three advanced Cicerone is, is definitely a goal of mine. Jason, you work for Buffalo Wild Wings. You, you mentioned the the company was founded by a couple of guys who were unhappy with the chicken wings they could get uh, elsewhere. But how important is beer to the Buffalo Wild Wings brand? How, and and uh, in what way is it important? Oh, it's extremely important. Uh, you know, for uh, the, the longest time, our moniker was, was Wings Beer Sports. Um, so, you know, the, the Wings is number one, but then beer is number two. So, right. yeah, it, it's, it's a huge part of our business. Um, and, and, you know, really, we, I think one thing people don't realize about Buffalo Wild Wings is the variety of beer that we have. Uh, you talk to a lot of people, you ask them how many tap handles or how many beers a Buffalo Wild Wings has, they say, you know, 10 or 12. Uh, most of our locations have 30 beers on tap. Whoa. Um, and really what we're trying to do is uh, deliver the right beer to the right guests for the right occasion um, is, is what I always say. And that's making sure we've got a good variety of beers on tap uh, from domestic import and craft, from local, regional, and national, uh, but really a, a wide variety of styles. So, you know, you're going to come into a Buffalo Wild Wings and you're going to find a good light lager and a good American IPA. But, um, you know, what we've done with the program recently is you're going to come in and you're going to come in and, and find a good Saison or an Imperial Stout or a Belgian triple, um, some styles that maybe you wouldn't have thought a Buffalo Wild Wings would have. Um, but it, we're certainly trying to make sure that we cater uh, our beer program to every different kind of beer drinker. So, so varieties. Uh, I wonder how you balance, um, you know, there's so many different kinds of beer. You've got the domestics, uh, domestic beers, you've got imports, uh, craft beers, local beers. Uh, how do you kind of put that package together? It's a puzzle, really, I would think, huh? It is. Yeah, it, it, it's exactly the, the phrase I use. It's, it's, it's 
building the pieces of a puzzle together to make sure you have the right assortment. Um, so, you know, there, there's a lot of uh, science involved. Um, you know, we, we spend a lot of time looking at, at uh, the, the job isn't uh, totally glamorous. There's a lot of spreadsheets. Uh, there's a lot of time, uh, you know, sticking your nose in the data and uh, trying to dissect not only the trends that exist within uh, your own sports bar, but also in the industry. Uh, we want to make sure that we are uh, at least at trend, if not ahead of trends most of the time for beer. Um, uh, and, and then there's a little bit of art involved. You know, I, I did mention kind of being a fan of the industry. I do spend a lot of time in tap rooms. So I'm watching what other people are drinking. I'm watching what brewers are making. Um, and so it's trying to make sure that uh, we've got a good varied assortment. You know, the, the one thing that I, I tell everyone um, is that, you know, if we, if we have 30 handles at a Buffalo Wild Wings, it is a hundred percent fact that you're going to have a number one seller and a number 30 seller and everything in between. There is no uh, skirting around having a 30th seller or a worse seller. It's always going to happen. So I think a lot of people in a, in a normal business setting would look at, you know, their worst seller as a, a poor performer, a bad product, and you got to move away from it. Um, the way we try to look at it is if you're going to have a 30th seller, you might as well make it worth it. So how do you manage those, that long tail of draft products, your 28th, 29th, 30th ranked sellers, and make sure that those products are adding assortment and variety for your guest who is looking for those products. So a sour beer, for example, never going to be a bestseller in a Buffalo Wild Wings, probably isn't most people's bestseller in, in any tap room. Uh, but there are guests out there who are looking for those types of products. And so we want to make sure that we've managed our assortment to have those types of products for the guest who is looking for that experience. And by the way, sour beers typically pair really well with wings. Well, I'm just going to ask you about pairing. Uh, Buffalo Wild Wings is a restaurant with the a defined menu. Actually, I was getting a little hungry. I was looking at the menu this morning here. But um, how do you how do you pair uh, food and beer at Buffalo Wild Wings, and how important is that? It's really important, and we're we're still trying to kind of de to define out that process to uh, you know make the the food and beer pairing process a little bit more seamless when you're when you're inside one of our sports bars. But you know, uh, I mean, you got to start off with you know light loggers and. Uh, American light lagers right away because if you're eating a nice plate of hot wings um, and you're looking to kind of cool your mouth off, you know you wash that down with a Bud Light, Coors Light, Miller Light, uh, you're gonna you're gonna definitely cool your palate quite a bit. If you're looking to amp up the heat a little bit, maybe you're gonna go for an IPA uh, like a, a Lagunitas IPA or a Sierra Nevada Hazy Little Thing. It's gonna bump up the heat a little bit. So uh, it's definitely something we we look at um, and it's it's interesting looking kind of toward planning towards the future is, you know, how do we uh, incorporate food and beer more eloquently together? So uh, cooking with beer is, is a huge passion of mine uh, and, and something that we are hoping to see translate to uh, some really cool stuff in, in 2021 and beyond. Jason, we live currently in a, in a COVID era, which hopefully is going away soon, but uh, Buffalo Wild Wings has responded with, off-premise uh, initiatives, uh, curbside, takeout, delivery. I also saw a note about a, an interesting uh, program at a Buffalo Wild Wings in the Washington, D.C. area where you actually brought in beer vendors to a Buffalo Wild Wings location or a couple of them down that way, right? Yeah, I mean, we, we want to make sure that uh, if you can't actually visit the stadium right now, you can't get that, that experience that you're used to. Uh, 
in a, in a ballpark or, or, or arena or stadium uh, that we can hopefully try to bring as much of that experience uh, or even a better experience than you can get in a stadium to a Buffalo Wild Wings. So yeah, we, we were able to partner with some beer hawkers and uh, have them come visit at our, our Washington DC location during the Nats game and, uh, and deliver a really cool uh, in stadium like experience inside of Buffalo Wild Wings, uh, you know, with the, with all the safety protocols and, and measures needed there. But yeah, it was great. <laughs> it's gotta be a fun job, Jason. To, as you said, it's the largest quarter of draft beer in the country. Um, you're challenged right now, but in the future uh, with the menu pairings, you talked about the food pairings and, and generally just in dealing with the, enormous different varieties of beer. It's got to be an amazing, uh, challenging, but really fun job to kind of keep on top of everything. Yeah. I mean, my, my job, I, I'm the beer guy for Buffalo Wild Wings, right? Like <laughs> I, 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 I'm not, I'm not complaining very, uh, very often, you know, th- things are even on, on the worst day, things, things are pretty good. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's a challenge trying to keep up with, you know, what's going on in the industry and really, you know, it, as, as you probably know, John, you know, the, the beer preferences in Buffalo are different from the beer preferences in Denver, different from San Diego to Seattle to Miami. Uh, you know, we operate in all 50 states and everybody's palate's so different. So, you know, the, the challenge is trying to figure out we've got 1,200 sports bars. That also means we have 1,200 unique beer menus across the country. Uh, and the challenge is trying to figure out, um, you know, I, I mentioned bringing the right beer to the right guests for the right occasion, is what is the right beer in Buffalo and how is that different from the right beer in Denver? Um, so I think the, the Brewers Association keeps keeps pretty good eye on this, but I think we're over 8,000 breweries in the country right now. Um, and so trying to... Uh, keep an eye on, you know, which ones make sense for, for each Buffalo Wild Wings is, is, is a big task. Um, but, you know, uh, we're, a, we're a large chain, right? We're, we're uh, operating all 50 states, but we're local sports bar, you know. We, yeah. we operate local sports bars um, in, in most cities across the country, and, and we want to be the local sports bar. We want to be the hangout for when you want to come watch your local team and cheer on, cheer on your, um, your college team or your pro team or your high school team. We, we want to be that. And um, to achieve that from a beer perspective, that means we got to participate and, and, uh, and, and make sure we've got the best local beers on. Um, So I am up to date on what's going on with uh, trending breweries and trending beers across the country. But um, we've also ensured that all of our locations have their own handles where they're able to bring in local breweries from, uh, you know, the, the brewery that's just down the street from a Buffalo Wild Wings. We want to make sure we have them on tap too, because uh, we're all about, about being that local sports bar, participating in the local community. And that means uh, participating and uh, collaborating with local breweries. Jason Murphy, the lead beverage buyer, the beverage innovation manager at Buffalo Wild Wings. Jason, thank you very much. It was great talking to you today. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, John. I really appreciate you having me on. Well, that'll do it. That's it. That's our 15th podcast. We want to thank you very much for tuning in. Thanks to Jason Murphy of Buffalo Wild Wings, their beer guy for all 1,200 Buffalo Wild Wings stores. What a job, huh? I asked him uh, at the end of the interview there, you must have the greatest job in the world. He goes, I do. I'm a beer guy for uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, great guy. Uh, J- Jason Murphy, our thanks to him. I want to thank my buddy Tyler Dunn, the man behind Going Long with Tyler Dunn. The podcast, the website, the new service where Tyler provides several emails a week with thoughtful, long-form, real-life journalism about the NFL. He's a storyteller. 
He tells stories. He tells great stories. As he puts it, it's premium football journalism worth your time. More information on golongtd.com. Uh, information about a subscription, latest stories, his podcast with Jim Monas. Check it out. Go to golongtd.com. It is definitely worth your time. We're presented by Sullivan's Brewery in Kilkenny, Ireland, the makers of Sullivan's Maltings Irish Red Ale, Sullivan's Irish Gold Ale, Sullivan's Black Marble Stout. You can find it at your favorite pubs and taverns all over Buffalo, the Buffalo area, all over upstate New York, in Rochester, Syracuse, Utica, Albany, New York City, and Long Island, in the state of New Jersey, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, in Cleveland and Columbus, Ohio, Atlanta and Savannah, Georgia, available in stores throughout those areas, and it's growing fast. Sullivan's, from Ireland to Buffalo, the best ales in the world. Our thanks to our producer, the man who puts it all together for us, Pat Feldball. If you have comments on our show, if you have a critique, suggestions, ideas, shoot us an email at Sullivan's Pro Football Kickoff at gmail.com. It's one word, Sullivan's Pro Football Kickoff at gmail.com. That'll do it. We'll see you next time right here on Sullivan's Pro Football Kickoff. You've been listening to John Murphy and the Sullivan's Pro Football Kickoff. It's all about the bills and the beer.